being wise as serpents. It's a blessing. Hallelujah. I believe that many of us are being blessed. Now, today we are going to talk about a very, very important thing. Now, many people, when you don't have a way to defend yourself, you can easily go down. So we want to talk about being masters of self-defense, being masters of defending yourself. How do you defend yourself? How do you become a master of self-defense? I pray that you and I will stay tuned. Uh, if we can just have maybe just one person, uh, most mics will be off so that we can just hear what I'm saying, hallelujah. And we can get maybe as a lot more if you will just once in a while to just say amen. Hallelujah, but masters of self-defense. So I want to encourage you and God bless you, those who are watching on social media. God bless you, those in church. God has something awesome for you and I. Mm -hmm. And it is the people who mix the word with faith. These are the people who are blessed. So masters of self-defense, let's turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 16, 16, so that we can jump right in. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 masters of self-defense first timothy 4 16 take heed unto your, thyself and unto the doctrine continue in them for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee so we are going to hear about self-defense and i want to encourage us to take heed to what we are you're about to hear because it is going to be a blessing to you now let's also look at 2 Samuel chapter 17, verse 7 to 10. 2 Samuel chapter 17, verses 7 to 10. For said Hushai, thou knowest thy father. So Absalom was trying to fight against his father, David, the king. So Absalom raised an insurrection against the king and who was his father and wanted to destroy him. Then one of the advisors called Hushai said, for, for said Hushai, thou knowest thy father. So telling Absalom, you know your father and his men, that they be mighty men and they be chaffed in their minds as a bear robbed of her whelps. Or helps, uh, 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 no, whelps, sorry, in the field. So it means that just like a bear, when it's, the bear is robbed of her children, the way the bear behaves, that's how David behaves. And thy father is a man of war and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit or in some other place. And it will come to pass when some of them be overthrown as the first that whosoever heareth it will say, there is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. So Hushai was trying to tell Absalom that, look, as you are fighting your father, be very careful about what you are doing, because your father is a man of war, and he's like a, 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 a bear whose children, who, who behaves aggressively when his children are being destroyed. So be very, very careful, because as you attack David, your father, the king, be careful because he's a man of war and he's a very valiant man and he does damage to the enemy. 
and his men are also skilled. So even though you have the upper hand and he might be hiding in caves or in pits, be careful because this, your, your father David, when he decides to charge, it is going to be a mess for you. So this is what Hushai was telling Absalom. In the same way, some of the demons should be able to say that, hey, be careful of this uh, 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 member or who? Be careful of Hannah. Because Hannah, if you attack her, the damage is going to cause in your kingdom, Satan. It's going to be so bad that you have to take heed and be very careful before you approach her. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you and I, we must be masters of self-defense. Anytime there, there is an enemy that is fighting against us, they must know that they've made a mistake and they must consider the cost of the damage that is going to happen to them if they attack you. So you and I must learn to be masters of what? Self-defense. Can I have an amen? Then one person can just unmute and say amen. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. So you and I must be masters of self-defense. We must be people who the demons will speak and say, hey, is this the person you are going to attack? Is this the person you are going to attack? Be very careful. Because when you attack this person, the kind of damage, the kind of prayers, the kind of things that he's going to do or she's going to do is really going to cause problems. So be very careful. Hallelujah. So now... I want to talk to us, or God wants to speak to us about defending ourselves against a very terrible enemy. And this enemy is disloyalty. 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 Defend yourself against disloyalty. Because there are many things to defend ourselves against, against poverty. Defend yourself against disloyalty. Defend yourself against poverty. Defend yourself against crisis. Defend yourself against accidents. There are many things to defend ourselves against. But I want to just share a particular one. And this one is defending myself and yourself against disloyalty. So you and I must defend ourselves against we becoming disloyal to God, even disloyal to yourself, even being disloyal. Some people are disloyal to themselves. So you and I must learn that, look, I'm going to fight. I'm going to have a self-defense mechanism against disloyalty because disloyalty actually affects people. The Bible says in Revelation that now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ because the accuser or the disloyal one, Satan, who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So because disloyalty has been cast down, Salvation has come, strength has come, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come because disloyalty has been cast down. But before disloyalty was cast down, salvation was not prevalent. Power was not prevalent. The kingdom of God and the power of his Christ was not strong in the midst of the people until the accuser was cast down. Can I have an amen? So you and I must defend ourselves against disloyalty. Now, I have four very important ways to defend ourselves against disloyalty. How many are interested in that? Amen. If you have a business, you must defend yourself against disloyalty. It's not only in the church. We defend ourselves against disloyalty in the church. We defend ourselves against disloyalty among close folk or close friends. We defend ourselves against disloyalty among our kin folk or among 
relatives. You def we defend ourselves against disloyalty in our businesses, at work, and also in the church. So disloyalty is a very, very important thing that you and I must fight. Now, the first is defend yourself against disloyal people by being conscious of the traits and patterns of disloyal men, and therefore women. Let me repeat that again. Defend yourself against disloyal people by being conscious of the traits or traits and patterns of disloyal men. So it means that there are certain patterns and traits that disloyal people carry that you and I must identify and defend ourselves against. Also, when you see that you are being disloyal against yourself, you must identify it and say, no, this thing, I'm, I'm operating in self-destruct distract mode. I am I'm disloyal to myself by not improving myself, by not improving my life, by not learning, by not trying to better myself or improve myself. I'm disloyal to myself by self-destructive things, by going and hurrying about. What am I talking about? By just going to town with anyone because you are destroying your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are destroying your body. I don't know I'm speaking to somebody. You can destroy your body. You can destroy yourself and be disloyal to yourself like the madman of Gadara by cutting yourself, by getting into drug addiction, by getting into pornography. Yes, pornography is one of the most destructive things that affects people, including pastors and all sorts of people. It distracts people. It affects people. Pornography is something that when people get, it affects them so much that it destroys their marriage. It destroys their sex life in the, or their, or someone will say I'm being politically incorrect. So let me make it easier. It will destroy your love making life. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> Hallelujah. So you see that many people uh, destroy themselves because when you enter into pornography, then you start entering into masturbation. Then before you realize when the time comes, I don't need my guy especially the woman, I don't need him. I can handle myself. Or I don't need her, I can handle myself. Yes. Because pornography has taken root and the spirit of lust has penetrated. Cigarette smoking, you are disloyal to yourself. So that's what I'm saying, disloyalty is not just to others. You are disloyal to yourself because you are destroying the temple of the Holy Spirit because cigarette smoking has been linked to lung cancer throat cancer, and different types of cancer. Cigarette smoking is a, a group one carcinogen. And a carcinogen is a cancer-forming agent. So you are definitely disloyal to yourself for smoking. I was disloyal to myself when I didn't know God. I, I was disloyal to myself because I smoked a lot. You are disloyal to yourself when you become an alcoholic, when you start to booze, drinking, alcohol. Always, oh, this is small. Jesus turned water into wine, so let me also drink. I had that. that Thought. Satan deceived me into that when I became a new convert. I'm preaching. Hallelujah. Because every time I drank like that, I ended up in a room I shouldn't have ended up in. I'm preaching to somebody here. So what am I saying? I'm saying that you can be disloyal to yourself. So you and I must see the traits. Even depression, is, is a, it can be a chemical imbalance and loss of hope. But some people feed feed negative thoughts. They feed negative thoughts so much that someone who was not always sad becomes sad because they've held a thought 
they, they've held unforgiveness, especially unforgiveness. Help, unforgiveness actually is one of the breaking grounds or one of the, the seeds that bring about depression. I believe this from the Lord, but on the forgiveness, because when there is unforgiveness and it's, you've, not been for, you've not forgiven the person and you have a grudge against that person or those people, then you feed upon it. You dwell upon it. And then the tormentors come because Jesus said it, that you will be sent to the tormentors. Oh, yes. Jesus said, someone might not believe me. Let me quickly quote it. Mark 11, 22. And I'll read onwards. And then later on, you can find it yourself on uh, uh, the tormentors. Hallelujah. Meaning that if you don't forgive, your father will not forgive you. Now, Jesus said, have faith in God. Can we mute our phones, please? Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He, therefore she, shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against another, that your heavenly Father, your Father in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive your, your brethren or, or anyone their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you of your sins or your trespasses. So, if you are not forgiven of your trespasses and the devil has access to your mind, the devil is going to cause you to feed on thoughts, feed on ideas, feed on circumstances, feed on trouble. And then depression will come. It doesn't mean everyone who is depressed has been unfaithful to themselves. No, I'm saying that those who are feeding on evil thoughts can become depressed. Whilst there could be some who are depressed who have gone through so many difficult situations, I'm not talking about such people. I am not talking about those who have experienced horror. Those people, we pray for them that God will take away the spirit of heaviness and substitute the garment of praise. But I'm talking about the ones who don't follow Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Hallelujah. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody here. Philippians Yes, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are of virtue, of praise, think on such things. So therefore, you can't feed on negative thoughts. You can be disloyal to yourself. Hallelujah. But let's continue. Rise up and defend yourself against the threat of disloyalty. You and I must do that. You and I must then mark and avoid such people so that their venom will be rendered powerless. So I've just explained a bit about being disloyal to yourself and how to fight against it. You must fight against disloyalty to myself and to yourself through the word of God. It is the word of God. That's the only thing that will be able to deliver us from being disloyal to ourselves. Now, let's turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. Romans chapter 16. Am I preaching to somebody? Romans 16, 17 to 18. The Bible says in Romans 16, 17 to 18, 
Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. It means that those who are not simple cannot easily be deceived, but the simple. But those who are simple are those who are not marking and avoiding. Let me repeat it again. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark or stay away from, look at carefully, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned and avoid them. Because such people are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ, but are serving their own bellies. Now, this is very important. Now, what this means, mark and stay away from such people. Now, mark those that cause divisions. The word divisions means separation, divisions. So you start to say, no, I'm of X, I'm of Bishop this. No, I'm of Bishop that. Oh, I'm of this person. I'm of uh, 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 Apostle Joel. No, I'm of uh, uh, Bishop Wuhu. Or I'm of uh, Pastor uh, uh, Selassie. No, I'm of Pastor uh, 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 Eric. That is, anyone who does that is not serving the Lord Jesus. Even Apostle Paul said, look, you are behaving like babes. You, you are behaving like mere men. You are carnal. Because there's so much division. You say, I am of, Apollo, I'm of, I am of Paul. Another says, I'm of Apollos. So it's very important, church members amongst us. This destroys many churches, so this is very important. When you have church members, let's start with church members, who are trying to cause division, trying to cause separation. There's a pastor, his assistant. Okay, let's separate. Or there are different pastors out there, and we are trying to separate from the leader, or from other pastors and bring division against church member and pastor, or church member against church member. Um, in this group of shepherds, now we are different from this other group of shepherds. This group of shepherds are important. The other group of shepherds are not important. We are not serving the Lord Jesus Christ. We are serving our belly and other things, according to what I just read. Because so far as there is division, also, it doesn't just say division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which he have learned and avoid them. So also doctrines that upset people's faith by teaching contrary things to what the Bible teaches. Or sometimes people also take the Bible and uh, uh, misinterpret it to suit their gains. Many people can take the word of God and cause it to say what the Bible didn't intend. Slave traders use the Bible. When you talked about your slave Onesimus and some of those people, some slave traders use the Bible to do evil things. So when you see someone using the Bible to make money or the Bible to, 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 to suppress people or to do evil, you must be careful of such people or the yeah. Bible to, 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 to separate people or to, to change what the Bible is saying. 
you must be careful. So people who create hindrances so that people will not see the truth, people will not hear the truth, people will not be engaged in the true word of God, but they will be, they, they will be actually blocked. Some people stand as a stumbling block. It could be church members. It could be church members. It could be pastors. It could be prophets. It could be any such people. You and I must be very careful of such. Because, trust me, those things destroy the church. And the Bible makes it clear in verse 18, Romans 16, 18, for they, they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They don't serve Jesus Christ. They are serving their belly. And they are able to deceive the hearts of the simple. So something that is good, you are trying to discredit it then you are not serving Christ. What is the aim of what you are doing? And it happens because I remember there was a church, Reverend Mark's uh, 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 friend invited me to a particular church to preach on loyalty and disloyalty many years ago, maybe 2009 or 10 or whatever, to preach on disloyalty because that church is not a lighthouse church. It's not a QFC church, it's a church, another church. And, and that church was being torn apart. A, a section of the church was taken away by some disloyal assistant. And then another person was also trying to do the same thing. So I went to preach on loyalty and disloyalty because it was tearing the church apart. And the pastor had heart problems, stress, hypertension, because the stress was too much. Yes, These are things that happen. Yes, These are true. things that are happening. There are certain places in, 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 in our most state, cities and states where there are a lot of churches that have gone through problems. Even in Minneapolis, I remember, also in DFW, I've heard about it, by Minneapolis, there are particular churches, maybe two good, strong churches, and they, they, people have separated over and over, maybe four, five, six separations. And they take a section of the church. That's because of the divisions and the teachings contrary to what the Bible says. A person came to my church once when I was in Minneapolis and told me that, wow, what a message. Wow. In fact, this church, I love this church. God has told me to come to this church. And a prophet told me that I should leave my church and that God has a particular church for me this week. But I should leave my church. Now, I, so he said, praise God, I'm your church. Then I told him, I asked him. What about you? What has your pastor done? What has happened in your church? Are you being fed in your church? Yes. Are you growing in your church? Yes. Is your pastor teaching something wrong? No. Is everything going well? Yes. Then why are you saying that you are now in my church? He said, because of the prophet. I said, forget the prophet. I encourage you to go back to your church. It's a good church. Go back. Because from what I hear, nothing has been done wrong. You are growing. You are being fed. You are active. But because of some, quote, in quotes, prophet who is teaching things contrary to what the Bible is saying, look at what you are doing. There's also another person who I officiated their wedding. And the person was crying to me, wept, weeping to me, crying. I said, why are you crying? Why are your tears? God is with us. Why are you crying? 
the lady said that a prophet, you see, I trust, I, when I talk like this, it doesn't mean I don't believe in the prophetic. I believe in the prophetic. And that's why I keep using the example of Imbarabu, Pastor uh, Eric Asante, Clara, uh, 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 Lila, and who again, some of the people when we're having a crusade there, L.P. Rosemont, clean word of prophecy. I believe it fully. I believe it. I believe it. Nevertheless, there are also many false ones too. Before I explain this, I went to a church where there was a lady prophetess and I was with Jerry. The woman said, hmm, God says, that's the Lord. You and your children. He said, I don't have children. How hard? And she got stunned a bit. Then she said, oh, your spiritual children. But he didn't have any, he hadn't saved, there was no soul saved at that time. Now this particular lady, as she was weeping, she said, Pastor Dave, Reverend Dave, Reverend Dave, this prophet said that the man I am married to, my husband, is not supposed to be my husband. The one I'm married to, it is not God's will for me to marry the person. So very soon, in a short time, I will separate from the marriage and divorce, and the real person, God is going to give to me. So she was crying. I told her that I don't know who the prophet is. I don't need to know, but that's Satan's statement. Not God. Because this prophet said within a, a year or whatever, you'll be divorced. This was in 2009. The people are still married. I, I removed the words of the prophet. I said in Jesus' name, I rebuke those words. I reject those words. I cancel those words in Jesus' name. Words contrary to what the Bible says. Okay. Avoid such people. Yeah. I, 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 I canceled the words of that prophet in court. <laughs> So then I told her, wipe your face, go, you're okay. 2008, and the prophet gave, and later on the prophet was trying to look for her to marry his relative. Yeah, sure. After the divorce. Yeah. And they are still married. So what I'm saying is that words contrary, contrary. So you and I must be very, very careful. Very, very careful because in the last days, there are many evil things that are coming. Also, watch out for people who love to spread rumors. Oh, they love it. Busy bodies, always telling tales. That one in every church, you have that, unfortunately. Watch them and be careful of them. Because the Bible has a lot to say about gossips, about slandering, about backbiting, about tail-bearing. God hates it, so you must watch it. Those who go about slandering, Those who go about slandering, we must be careful of such. I don't know that I'm speaking to somebody. Now look at Proverbs chapter 10, verse 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Don't pretend. There are many who thrive on pretense. The church, unfortunately, has a lot of pretenders. And they don't know that God might be angry with them, maybe even more than the one who has sinned and has repented, and fornicated. Because pretense, if you are not happy with someone, tell them you are not happy. Don't smile. I love you with the love of the Lord. And then the, 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 I love you with the love of the Lord. 
I, I wish I could get uh, one of my children to come and help me display. Well, I can see in you. And then right after service, look at then this. Let's assume I'm hugging Jackson X. As I'm hugging Jackson X, I'm singing the song, I love you. Ah, I thought as much. You know, you're not, yeah, no, it won't work. Thank you. My daughter was coming, but she's not organized herself. Uh, Hugging uh, Jackson X. I like and see in you the glory of the Lord. I love you with the love of the Lord. Then later on, I am talking with Janet and I am smashing Jackson X. Saying that Jackson X is some way, Jackson X is this, Jackson X is that. You hit how you felt. Um, it made you a liar and a hypocrite and a, a Zorro. Many of us should check out that movie, Zorro, the gay blade, Zorro. Zorro, he has a mask. He, he, and he hid himself. He disguised himself. And then slandering others makes you a fool. Slandering others makes you a fool. Now, Slanderers and people like that divide friends. I was there in one of the branches long ago and a, a, a member would talk to a, a, another member, a shepherd, and then tell the shepherd certain things about the pastor and then tell the pastor certain things about the shepherd. So what will happen is that the member will go to the pastor and tell the pastor, pastor, do you know, what, do you know that Jackson X had an abortion? Or, or, or he, he asked his girlfriend to have an abortion or whatever. Do you know that Jackson X, uh, uh, this is what uh, the person is telling the pastor. Do you know that Jackson X is lied about this? Do you know Jackson X and the wife, whatever, there's some pretend, whatever it is, you tell the pastor and the pastor will say, oh no, don't do that. You can't say that, you don't know. But this person is not going to tell Jackson X that. He's going to tell Jackson X that, hey, you know what? This is what pastor said. Pastor said that you did this. Pastor said that you did that. Pastor, until Jackson X got so angry that he started banging on Pastor's door with his fist, coming to beat Pastor. Meanwhile, it wasn't true. Pastor was the one who was defending Jackson X. But there are people like that in the church. There are people who slander and separate friends. You can separate siblings. You can separate kinfolk or family members. You can separate best friends because of things others will see. So you and I must be careful not to be people who slander, not to be people who separate friends, not to be people who, who cause division. The final quest, one of the things that was said in that fantastic book was that this primary strategy of the devil is to cause division in every single form of relationship. Father, <laughs> parent, husband, wife, siblings, church members against church members, pastor, church members to separate. That's the primary strategy of the devil. So anyone who is engaged in such a, a thing, not only in the church, because it's not just the church, but even among kinfolk or family members, even amongst uh, 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 employees, even amongst friends, that person is an agent of the devil without realizing it.
So if you are such a one, I encourage you to separate yourself from that because that is an evil thing. And that is going to make you a fool, according to the Bible. Actually, let me read it. It didn't say make you a fool. It says that slandering others makes you a fool. So it's not going to make you, but it has confirmed that you are a fool, according to the Bible. Slandering, slandering, gossip, backbiting. The saints are to defend their backs, each other's back. But the one who's supposed to defend your back is biting you in the back. Oh, taking some flesh out. Oh, taking flesh out. The one who's supposed to be defending you, your back. And sometimes Julius Caesar. Now, Julius Caesar, there was Brutus, Mark Antony. Julius Caesar had a very close person. And this person was Julius Caesar, I think his mistress's son, who was like a family member. I think it was Brutus, family member to him. Now, in history, where, during the Isle of March, or, 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 yeah, uh, yes, when they were entering into, uh, to have their meeting on the stairs, the Bible, well, I said the Bible, <laughs> history says that many of the people started to stab Julius Caesar, and he defended himself. But when Brutus stabbed him, that was a fatal wound because after Brutus stabbed him, he did not fight anymore. When he saw Brutus, wow, this person is stabbing me. This person is against me. I give up. I give up. I give up. But history says that when they did a medical examination on, on Julius Caesar, all the wounds were superficial. The only wound that destroyed him was the last one, Brutus' wound. He's the one who got him because the others defended him. He defended himself against the others. When he saw Brutus, he said, hey, kill me. And Brutus got him. So that is how it is. When people who are close to you, people you believe in or you trust in, family member, church member, church member, best friends, good friends, people you rely on to go behind your back and give you a dagger. It's a very painful thing. God hates that. So all those people who pretend should change. A hypocrite is someone who, who, who pretends to be close to you and say something different about you. A hypocrite is someone who says, I love you. And in the same word, they say, I hate you with, behind your back. But someone who does not hide hatred, but says that, look, I have a beef with you. I have a problem with you. You did this and it offended me. Let's deal with it. That person is better than a liar who will hide or would hide their hate or dislike or displeasure. And you and I must look for these disloyal traits and fix them in our lives and then watch it when we see others do it. Look. When someone tells you something about someone, be it known unto you and be assured that they are telling others something bad about you. I repeat that. If someone comes to you and you know this person, I'm not talking about, okay, I'll explain that. This person said, hey, this person, they want to go into sin. This person, they, they, they lied, this person, this is happening. And always talking about other people, 
be sure that your secret you've told them, they've also said, hey, do you know that? They'll say it about you. Be sure of that. I'm not talking about genuine questions that you are asking. That's different. Or, wow, this person I heard this, this is discouraging. What, 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 what should I do? Uh, uh, what, that's different. Oh, I heard that this person, something bad happened, or this person fell down, or, or, or messed up, or stole, or did whatever, and I, I, it's, I'm sad. A word of encouragement. What, what, can you explain it? That is a good thing. It's always better, of course, to do it with your pastor so that it is not because of because when you are talking to others, it can easily be gossiping because they will tell others. But the pastor is supposed to be secret. You see, pastors, I'm also talking about pastors should not be uh, people who reveal secrets. The Catholic Church do it well, at least from what I know, where they will not say it. They will not say that whatever has been confessed, they will not speak it out. Even if you have a gun to their heads, they will not speak it out. Pastors must be that way. Pastors and, and shepherds must be such people. Look, when someone tells you something, as for me, I always say it. You are telling me, good. If it comes out, you told someone. My, my mother also, uh, she, 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 I remember she also said that to me, so I used those words. Then you told someone. And it's very real. You see, there are many times that I've, someone has told me something. Okay, I tell can we all mute our Can you mute? Thomas, thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. I told, someone told me something. This has happened maybe over 10 times since I started, maybe 20. Someone told me something. I said, don't, don't tell anyone. Yes, please. Yes. Okay, can everyone, uh, uh, Pastor Elam or those who are there, can you mute everyone, please? because it distracts me. Hallelujah. So I told the person, don't tell anyone what you are telling me. If anyone finds out you told someone, and then all of a sudden, someone will tell me that, hey, do you know that John did this, this, this? Of course, if you are John, I'm just trying to, that's why I use John X. Okay, John X. Do you know that John X did this, 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 this? Meanwhile, John X has told me, and I've told John X, don't tell anyone. If it comes out, you told the person. Then I asked John X, did you tell anybody this thing? John X will say, no. And I said, no, someone, I won't mention who said it. Someone told me that you, this, 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 this happened. Are you sure you didn't tell anyone? Oh, I told my best friend. Okay. You told your best friend, your best friend told his best friend, and his best friend told his best friend, and everyone found out because everybody has a best friend. There's a lady who was very angry with me because someone revealed something to me about some things they were doing which were not right. And I was going to approach her to discuss it on Sunday. But somehow the thing had leaked that I was told about it. Someone, it was leaked that I was told about it. So the person was upset and said, but Reverend David, 
tell me who told you? I said, I cannot, I won't tell you that. I will leave the church or who told you? I said, I can't because I already promised the other person that, uh, uh, should I say it was you? The person said, I beg you, please don't say it. Otherwise I won't tell you. If you, you mention my name, the person will fight and that person would have, they would have been blown out in the church. So I said, I cannot tell you. I've given my word, I will not tell you. I stood my ground. The person was angry with me. I did not say it. The true worshiper is someone who swears to their own head and changeth not. So I incurred her displeasure, but I, I, as God was happy with me because I did not change my words. I did not tell her. She left the church eventually. I didn't tell her. I pleaded with her, please don't leave, don't leave. She left. I, I, I won't go against God because you. I won't go against God's word because of you. I won't do it. I'm only trying to help you to go to heaven and to fulfill your call, just like I'm being helped. So if I'm trying to help you and you are going to be angry with me, I'm going to leave because I'm following God. Another person wanted me to lie on some application. And I said, why did you come to me? I can't lie. <laughs> No, please write this. The person was faithful coming to every meeting, every outreach. And then they said, yeah, can you fill a form and lie? I said, I said, I can't. The person was weeping. I said, if I could, I would weep with you, but I can't. They left the church. They went to another church. And the pastor signed it. But I will not do it. If I do it, then as I'm, I mean, I, you get me. After that one, if you, if you are waiting for that and you want to leave, I won't do it. At all. At all. I, I, I wanted to do it. This has happened four times in Philly and different places. I, I, the Bible says X. There are things too that sometimes you don't need to speak about. And someone is asking me advice about lying on something. I said, why did you ask me? She am asking me. Understood your situation. I didn't want to comment on it. You should have asked me. Since you asked me, I have to speak the truth. Don't do it. So some people, you, say, you should know who to ask when you are going to lie. Don't ask just everyone. <laughs> when you ask someone who wants to follow God, because the Bible says all liars shall find their path. I don't want to lie. If lying, lying is not good. Let's do right. It doesn't mean that we will not be tempted to lie, but every opportunity you get to speak the truth, be truthful. Every opportunity you get to say good words about someone, use it. Look at that. Time is getting running, uh, and I'm still on point one. Don't worry, I'll finish the others quickly. I didn't expect to be going on with this this long. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. Oh, this has happened 10 times, might be short, 20, maybe plenty. And I said, ah, but you are asking me to do this. So when I preach that thou shalt not lie, all lies shall find their path, how am I supposed to preach that and tell you, I mean, how? So you and I, it's better for people to be angry with you than God to be angry with you. I said, it's better 
for people to be angry with you and to lose people than for God to be angry with you. Now preaching. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the person who has left, it hasn't affected my life. I just love. I, the pastors love and we just love you all genuinely and want to continue to be a family. But if you decide to leave because I have been truthful to God, it's not going to hurt me in any way. It's not going to, it will hurt me emotionally, but it's not going to hurt me in terms of I'm going to lose money for that. Or I'm going to lose, I'll lose sleep. I've lost sleep. I've wept with, because of church members. <laughs> Hallelujah. So that one, yeah. there'll be weeping. There'll be loss of sleep. But I won't, after that, I'll rise up, wipe my tears, and I'll continue. So you also, we must be people who we, we, we will try our best not to leave because I, there are people I beg. I beg you, don't. I beg you. The person said, that's it. Yeah, you do everything you can, but you will not go against God. Someone will say about Rahab, Rahab, God never approved of her lie. God approved of her faith. If you want more information, go to my Facebook Thing. I explain how Rahab sinned by lying. God talks about Rahab in uh, 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 is it Joshua, <clears throat> talks about Rahab in James, talks about Rahab in Hebrews. In Hebrews and James, Rahab was justified by faith, by believing the God of Israel and by keep, uh, 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 keeping the spies and sending them out another way. That was why she was approved of God. And then she lied, like uh, uh, Abraham also lied and everything. So she was justified by faith, became a child of God, a hero of faith, or forget about child of God, because it's through Jesus, but became a, a servant of God, became a person of a woman of God, became someone who was a person who had faith in God and was righteous and then lied after the righteousness and then was approved eventually. That, that, that's rehab. So lies are lies. Don't lie against another person. If someone is, 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 you know that John did the right thing and someone is saying, or, or John told you before he did something that, look, I'm doing this with a genuine heart. Now another person sees it and you are there and the person is saying that John did it with a bad motive. Does that make sense? If you don't correct it. God will not be pleased with you. You should say that, no, I know. John did it with a good heart, at least so far as I'm concerned. If you know the truth and you disclose it for another person to take the false thing about someone, you will not be, God will not be happy with you. Does that make sense? I'm preaching right. Amen. You'll be surprised that all these things, like Bishop uh, preached, was it last week? The woman was caught in a very act of adultery. Act. So this was not, uh, 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 you heard a, a message or you, or you heard on the phone, they are uh, 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 writing texts. Yes, I loved last night. Oh, last night was awesome. Oh, wow, I'm looking forward to today. Oh man, it was hot. Oh, wow, I enjoyed. We are not even talking about that. We are talking about the very act. They opened the door and they saw them in action. Even that. When they were about to kill the woman, stone her to death, Jesus said, 
the one without sin should cast the first stone. Then Jesus went to her and said, where are your accusers? And she said, I don't see them, Lord. Then Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. No more. No more. Then the sinful prostitute, sinful woman, Jesus allowed that dirty woman to wash his feet with her tears and hair and said, your sins are forgiven. Jesus was able to relate with the sinful, the, 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 the tax collectors, all those people, and bring them to repentance. He said, go and do not sin anymore. The woman at the well, she had five, is it five husbands? She had five husbands, and the one she was with was not her husband. Who can get, get that for me? I don't want to have lied, and then when I finish, I, I to say to myself, I should have checked. I'll just let Pastor Elam check. Hallelujah. She, yeah. Five husbands. So a woman has had five separate husbands, and she's living in sin with another man. Jesus did not even condemn her, but Jesus told her not to sin in, in, her, in the way he related with her. But when Jesus was dealing with the self-righteous Pharisees, when Jesus was dealing with the people who felt that they were somebody, when Jesus was dealing with the people who were hypocrites, who were pretenders, who were slandering, who were saying bad things about Jesus himself and about others, Jesus had no patience for them. Jesus had no patience for them. In the same way, Jesus would not, even have, Jesus would not have patience for someone who is condemning a, a fornicator. Someone who is fornicated. Jesus will not have patience for that person. When the fornicator says, God, help me, that person will be better off for God with God than the, the person who is not sinned by pointing the finger and judging. And this person is just telling people about it. So you've not slept, you've not removed your clothes. All you've done is you've gone about telling other people. And the one who has done the bad is at home in peace because they've repented. And you who are going around are condemned. Yes, five husbands. Yes, John 4, 18. Five husbands, and the one you are staying with is not even your husband. <clears throat> I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. No, I'm preaching. I'm surprised I've stayed this long. This. Number two, defend yourself against disloyal people by casting out scorners who do not really believe in you. All of us. All of us, we will be surprised that not everyone believes in us. Proverbs 22.10, not everyone believes in us. This is our last joint service, so I'll, I'll finish quickly. Am I safe? Yeah, which, well, Dave, am I safe? Amen. Proverbs 22.10. So Proverbs 22.10 says, but nevertheless, someone who is in sin should be spoken to. Not that you just wave at them and smile and say, oh, yes, yes, you are sinning, you are sinning. No, no, no. You speak to them. You restore such a one. Galatians 6. Restore such a one. Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. But even that, you have to do it with meekness. So restore. If you are not in a position to restore, chill out and pray for them. Proverbs 22.10. Cast out the scorner 
and contention shall go out. Yea, strife and reproach shall cease. Cast out the scorner or drive out the scorner. And the scorner is a mocker. Now, if you are a shepherd, you can't go about casting out. Someone has mocked you. You are casting them out. Maybe you are, you are singing uh, uh, in the choir and you burn the song and they are mocking you. No, that's not good. Rather, don't mock the person, but encourage the person. Clap, and then maybe later on when they ask you, be genuine. Just tell them that, yeah, you, you, yeah. However you want to say it. <laughs> but don't say, hey, it was powerful. What, what? That's wrong. If a pastor has preached and the message was, didn't work, don't just say, hey, pastor, I was blessed. Don't lie. Just be quiet. You, no, one, you, no one told you to say it. There was, you didn't have to say it. Jesse, do you understand what I'm saying? So, drive out the mocker and strife or discord or brawling shall cease. Quarrels and insults will cease and dishonor will cease because when you mock someone, you are dishonoring the person. Noah's son dishonored him. Noah's son dishonored him. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And you and I, we can easily find ourselves dishonoring people by mocking them and scorning them. Let's assume someone is trying their best. Thank God, at least the people I was with, they didn't mock me when I was doing, trying to do miracle services. No one mocked. But I can imagine how people mock. I mean, if you're not careful and you get the wrong crowd, they'll mock you. My first miracle services. I remember my first time I said, I'm going to pray for people for power of God. Everybody encouraged. There could have been power, but I, I, I don't know. I was praying that, oh, you know, let people see some power, let some people fall. Not a single person fall. The only thing I could get was someone just moving me this small. <laughs> first, I know I'm mocked. People came for prayer. Other people would have said, look at you. There are miracle workers. There are people who are doing things. And you too, you say you are going to do miracle. I, I called it miracle service. First one. Called it miracle service. Thank God I didn't get mockers there. Wow. So you and I should try to be people who are not mockers. And we must, we must stay away or don't be close to someone who mocks you. The Bible says, David the king, he said, I will turn to another because they despised him. His brother despised him. He said, what have you come to do in the battle? Who have you left those few sheep? You are a, a shepherd of few sheep. Who have you left those few sheep with? And the Bible says, David said, what have I got to do with you? What, what, what was the problem? Then he turned to another to ask the same questions. So there are times that you and I should stop talking. I don't mean cut off, but stop talking to people who are going to discourage you to do, uh, when you want to do what God wants you to do. Rather, turn to those who are going to encourage you. If you are someone who wants to be a missionary, 
don't talk to people who are going to say, let's analyze it. Let's let, let and start to tell you why don't you do better than turn and talk to other people who are going to encourage you. Or you want to embark on some journey, or you want to enter into a business, or you want to do something that is great, or you want to do something that people don't usually do, or things that have people have done and have failed or things you have done and you failed, but you know God wants you to do it. When you have people who are discouraging you, just turn to another. Turn to another. Proverbs 10, 20 to 21. The words of the godly are like sterling silver. The heart of a fool is worthless. So rather, let's be people who and look for people who would encourage us. Because the words of godly people are like sterling silver. The words of, God, of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The words, this is Proverbs, 20, uh, Proverbs 10, 21. The words of the godly encourage many. May you be a godly person who encourages others. Amen. I said, may you be a godly person who encourages others. Amen. But fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. So the one who is destroyed is not the one who is receiving the foolishness or the, the, the discouragement. It's the one who is giving it. So what the Bible is saying is that a godly person's words encourage others. Therefore, a fool's words pull people down. Or tear people down. A fool's words tear people down. Hallelujah. Don't worry. This is our, our last virtual service. I see a couple of people have dropped off. But who knows? The people who might be dropping off, if you are working, it's understandable. Hallelujah. If not, maybe it is for you. This is for you and you are missing it. What do you think? Number three, defend yourself against disloyal associates by continual, continuously teaching against the bad and poisonous behavior of disloyalty. Teaching has a real effect and it is powerful in fighting imaginations and thoughts that exalt themselves against the will of God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. One more, and then we are good. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. But let's start from verse 1. Are you hearing God's word on this Sunday afternoon? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Let's start from 1. Now, I, Paul... Myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent, am bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some which think as of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Meaning that when I'm in front of you, I'm meek. When I'm writing the letters, I'm bold, but I'm bold against the people who behave in a certain way, who think as if we are walking in the flesh. I mean, I'm bold against disloyal people. Verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, 
we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that, uh, 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 and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. <clears throat> now this is very important: casting down imaginations. Now we are talking about teaching how teaching is able to help prevent disloyalty and poisonous behavior. Because the more teaching comes, the more we hear God's word, the more we are taught, the more bad things and ideas are cast down. Mm. So the less we are taught, the less bad things and bad thoughts are cast down. Because casting down imaginations, Casting down, meaning demolish, demolishing imaginations. It means destroying or overthrowing or tearing down or pulling down or deposing imaginations. Now, what are the imaginations you and I must pull down? Arguments, proud obstacles, speculations, high-minded things, reasoning, thinking, reasoning. These imaginations are high-minded arguments that are not true. High-minded, sophisticated, high-level way of speaking and thinking that are contrary to the Bible. Because you can have some fancy words. Look, there are some people who know how to, who know how to mix words like you are mixing a good meal. Wow, they'll mix the yourself and say, wow, this person can speak but it doesn't mean that it is good. It doesn't mean that it is right. The Bible says we must cast down arguments when a, the word of God comes and scriptures, you have scriptures backing it and the scriptures are not misinterpreted. The scriptures are not being misinterpreted, but a mix, the, the scriptures are coming hard on you. Don't have any thoughts or argument that you try to uh, fight against it. Rather, demolish any argument that comes your way. Also, if you and I had certain reasonings which were not right or which were contrary to the Bible, when we get a teaching or we read our Bibles or we have our quiet time and we see that what the Bible is saying is contrary to those thinking, we must pull those thinking down. Very, very important. Those no. thinking must go down. Because I remember on outreach two weeks ago or, or some time ago, we went on outreach. As we went on outreach, we met a guy. Now, the guy was saying that he, be, he doesn't believe in truth, this, that, that. He was saying all sorts of things. And I said, but he feels that what he believes is in him, it's in his mind. But whatever is true, he has to read about it. It's number one in his mind. He believes that he can get the truth about heaven, hell, salvation in his mind, from his mind, from his innermost being, and from books. Then I told him, what if it is wrong? You and I must have one solid foundation for truth because there could be other books that are not true. So I said that you and I must make the Bible the truth so that any thoughts or any thinking or any imagination that is outside the Bible should be discarded. 
And any thought or imagination that is in the Bible or in line with the Bible should be our truth. It was a big back and forth argument, but eventually I understood what I was saying. Hallelujah. So many times, I remember in the past also there was outreach and someone said Jesus was a mystical figure. And I was able to prove to him through history that forget about the Bible. Let's assume that we don't have the Bible with us now. I can show you from history that Jesus was a historical figure, the historicity of Jesus Christ. But he asked the question at that time, I didn't have all the names and all that like I do now. He said, who, 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 who give me the names? Give me the books. Where you got this from? I didn't have that information. But if I met that same guy now, I'll have the answer. I, I did, I, I've memorized it, so I don't even need to get it on a reference. Hallelujah. Who are some of them? Josephus, Flavius Josephus, Jewish historian, who was also uh, in the side of the Romans in a way, he wrote the antiquities of the Jews, tacticals, and there are so many of them. Hallelujah. But you see that his ideas were that Jesus was a mystical figure. Now that is a demonic argument, a satanic thought, which must be pulled down by the word of God. Now what is a high thing? And every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. A high thing is a lofty opinion, an arrogant opinion, a presumption, a height. So there are many people who have high things that are lofty and maybe even an opinion about yourself. Meaning sometimes even Which well, looks like we lost Reverend's connection for a second there. I will try to reconnect in just a moment. Okay, I'm back. Thank you. Amen. So, are we are we good? Yes, well. Very good. I forgot to charge. That's the thing about uh, uh, these things. Thank God we are going back physical church. Amen. How many are excited? Amen. Praise God. So, high-minded thing. So, a high thing is a lofty opinion, an arrogant opinion. So some people have a high opinion of themselves, too high. The opinion is too high for God to even like. The Bible says, let's look at uh, Romans chapter 12. I think it's verse 1 to 3. Let me get it. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say through the grace, verse 3, given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought 
to think. But to think soberly, according as God had dealt or allotted to every man the measure of faith. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. So every thought, when the word of God is coming, there could be a high thought. There could be a contrary thought that is trying to lift itself up, exalt itself up, raise itself up against the knowledge of the preaching. Even, sometimes, even what I'm preaching now, if... Because I, I, I'm interpreting the scripture exact. The, 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 this is clean interpretation. So if there is someone who, as I'm preaching, they also in their minds, a, a thought comes and says, yes, but. Oh, yes, but. Oh, yes, but. Then it's a high thought that is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. If I'm misquoting scripture, then you can say the but. But if I'm not in, quote, misquoting scripture and there's a but, then there is a high thought that has come to lift itself up against the knowledge of God for you. Because not everyone is experiencing that for you. And unless you pull it down or you take it captive or you subdue it, it's going to have a mastery over you. That's why the Bible continues and says that uh, uh, casting down imaginations and every high thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing into captivity every thought, subduing every thought, to the obedience of Christ. Every thought should obey Christ. You must take every thought and then put it through the sieve of God's word. That's the right. of God's word. The thought that comes. What happens with the thought? When it comes, then the filter of God's word. Is this in line with God's word? Yes, then I allow it to come in. I accept it. If it's not in line with God's word, I throw it in the garbage. If I'm sure, then I put it in my pocket and I ask about it. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, ladies and gentlemen, very, very important. This, the, this, the, 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 the battlefield of the mind. The battlefield of the mind. Our greatest spiritual battle is in the mind. It's in the mind. The thoughts that come. Not every thought that comes is right. The fact that a thought has come that your parent doesn't love you or your pastor is against you, or your church member is against you, or your fellow, your sibling is against you, or your friend is against you, or your fellow church member is against you, or your boss is against you. That thought, you have to test it. It doesn't always mean it's correct. Because there are times that when the thought comes, then the devil will bring an idea. You see, look at what happened. Do you see that this also proves it? Yes. Second proof, third proof, fourth proof, fifth proof that this is correct. There are times that you say that, there was a lady who said that, uh, uh, LP Jasmine, LP Lydia, this was when we were in the hotel. They were talking about her and laughing at her. This was a lady who was in a crisis and we took her, we, we, we rescued her, or God rescued her through us. We went and carried her things. <laughs> I said, we carried her things out of the house mm. of torment, a house of torment. We carried it, we went and we just carried her things to safety. Then anytime LP Lydia and LP Jasmine, since they are friends, they are chatting and they are laughing about something. When they see her, they'll stop talking so that they can engage her. 
then in her mind, it's like, ah, they are laughing at me about that crisis. Then another time, they are laughing at, at, at something. People are around, but she's also around and they are laughing. Then they see her and they wave and they smile and then they keep laughing. They are laughing at me. Until she came and checked out and said all sorts of, she didn't say anything negative, but she, 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 what she said was that, look, those people who are against me, who are saying whatever against me, I said all sorts of things, well, it wasn't true. Every thought that comes does not mean it's right. Every bad thought that comes does not mean it's right. So I told her, sister, you are building air castles. Air, castles in the air. I told her that, but she didn't listen to it. Why will people laugh at you? Why will people laugh at you? Why, why should you believe the bad thing? There are two options. There's the good option and the bad option. Why is it the bad option you believe? Oh. Why couldn't you assume that it was the better option? Why did Which? you have to think it was a good, the bad option? Which? There are always two options. You, you and I must always ask ourselves a question. Is it possible, even 1% possible, that it meant a good thing? That's right. If there's a 1% probability, then why don't you rather work on that 1%? Why time. should it be the Why should it be the bad thing? Why should it be the bad thing? Why not the good one? Every high thing. My time is up. Let me just finish with the last one. Number four, defend yourself against disloyal associates by keeping a private life and not revealing everything about yourself. Very true. Don't say everything about yourself because sometimes your dreams, Joseph, he said too much to his brothers. There are certain dreams, certain big things. You only need people who have big dreams to talk to. You don't talk to anyone about some dreams. You don't talk to anyone. Joseph should not have spoken. Well, it was all part of God's design. But Joseph speaking to his brothers about the stars, the moon, bowing down before him, paying obeisance, all those things, it irritated them. Also, he was the favorite. So that even annoyed the brothers and they sold him. Don't always share your dreams to just everyone. Some people will mock you in their minds and their hearts. Some people will say, look at this person being too much. You think you'll be that. We are all here. You want to go up. We'll see. All sorts of thoughts. But reveal them to people who will encourage you because there are some who also have big dreams. Who, who, who are pleased that you have big dreams. There are some who will stifle your big dream. There are some who will mock at your big dreams, but there are some who will be glad that you have big dreams and will encourage your big dreams. So look for such people. Hallelujah. Look for such people. So don't go about sharing your successes. Don't go about sharing everything. Don't go about sharing your bank account details with people to brag on it or tell people, I, was, I succeeded here, I succeeded here. Look, there was a time in Minneapolis, every, look, just about every week we're having testimonies. Every week this thing happened, this thing happened, got promotion, 
almost every week. And then one lady was tired. She was tired and she said, Pastor David, I'm tired every time people are having testimonies. I'm tired. When is my going to come? Just be faithful in church. The person came to church once in a while, wasn't faithful, or even attending the services that they got the promotion, the blessing. And that's why they were able to see that. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. I appreciate it. Don't, 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 don't show, don't, don't, you see, that, that's very, very important. Treacherous people want something to talk about. The more they know, <coughs> you, the more opportunity they have to attack you. Don't share with everyone. I'm closing with this. I'm almost done. Don't share your successes with everyone because envy will come as a result. And sometimes because of envy, hatred will come. The Bible says, and Saul eyed David. The king, he eyed David. David, oh, Saul has given, put 1,000 to fly, or uh, Saul has 1,000, David 10,000. You see, church members too, you have to chill too. We are telling the assistant that he's gotten 10,000, that pastor, the senior has got 1,000. So Saul was envious and he eyed David and said, ah, what is it left? Now he's coming for my throne. <laughs> so don't share don't, 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 don't be careful of that. Very, very careful of that. Look at James 1.19. Understand this, my brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen. You and I must be quick to listen. Not everyone is quick to listen. Throughout my years, not everyone is quick to listen. Many times people are trying to get a word in to show that they know. But for me, if I know 10 and I'm quiet and I listen, then I'll know what the person knows, some of what the person knows, what they said, and I'll add to my knowledge. Even as an unbeliever, I was doing that. How much more now as a Christian, I want to understand it. When I'm talking to a, a, a physician or a lawyer or someone who I'm trying to learn from, I'll have less, maybe 10% of what I'm saying. If I'm speaking, I'm asking questions. I'm not trying to, oh, oh, I heard this. Is it true? I heard this. I'm not trying to prove what I know. I'm trying to find out what I know, whether it's true, and get more. Be slow to speak, quick to listen. Slow to speak, quick to listen. Slow to anger. I don't know, I'm saying this is very, very important. Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Meaning that NLT says, too much talking leads to sin, but sensible, uh, be sensible and keep your mouth shut. So the more we speak, the more we will sin. Not that we are going to say a cast word, which you and I must be careful. Don't just go about, you're angry, you don't know what to do, and you just throw in bombs. Let's be careful with that. Let's be careful with curse words or curse words or cursing. Or cursing. I have to say it loud so that it will sound well. Cursing. Don't just go about cursing or throwing bombs. Too much talking. That's what we are talking about. But we are talking about, even though we shouldn't do that, we are talking about sometimes when you speak too much, you make a promise that you'll not be able to keep or you will lie in the process, or you would say something to try to impress, which might not be the case, or you would, you, you would conceal truth. 
in the multitude of words, there can be a sin in it. So just be careful. What do you think? I push you out. Proverbs 10, just two more verses and then we close. Proverbs 10, 17. People who accept discipline or instruction are on the pathway to life. But those who ignore correction will go astray. So this is an advice, discipline. The Bible says the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness. So it can't always be that we go and we are like, <laughs> good, 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 wow, wow. We must go saying that, wow, I need to fix certain things. I need to fix A, I need to fix B, I need to fix C, or I need to strengthen myself in A, B, C. That is also important, hallelujah. People who accept discipline or instruction are on the pathway to life, or people who accept discipline are on the pathway to life, but those who ignore correction will go astray. will go astray. Okay. Proverbs 10.21, just so we can close. Proverbs 10.21. The words of the godly encourage many, but fools are destroyed by their lack of common sense. The words of the godly will encourage. So ladies and gentlemen, be careful what you share. Be careful what you share. Very, very important. Very, 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 very important. So the first is the traits and the patterns of disloyal people. Defend yourself against it. Number two, defend yourself against disloyal people by casting out scorners who do not believe in you. When someone doesn't believe in you, turn from them. Number three, defend yourself against disloyal associates by continuously teaching against this bad teaching against the bad and poisonous behavior of disloyalty. So that's why you and I must hear the word more. We must listen to preaching more and more. And finally, defend yourself against the solar associates by keeping a private life and not revealing everything about yourself. Don't reveal everything about yourself. In due time, God will exalt you in due time. Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father God, we bless you and we worship you. We thank you for how good you've been. Thank you for your word. We pray, oh God, you speak to us. We pray, oh God, as we go to our various homes, as we, as we live our lives, speak to our hearts at all times. Encourage us, strengthen us, deliver us from disloyalty. Deliver us from all the things we've talked about and give us the grace to walk in victory, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray, oh God, that you cause us to live life and see good days. The word says that he who would love life and see good days should refrain their tongue from evil and their lips from speaking deceit. Father God, we bless you for victory, for favor, for mercy in Jesus' name. If we are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I, I, I want my sins forgiven then I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. 
I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Oh, it's so good to uh, be with you. Let, let me just share a word of prayer and then we'll, we would ask those on, uh, then we'll, we would conclude with those on social media. Shall we all pray, church and social media? Father God, we bless you and we thank you for salvation. Father God, we pray that you would cause us to live a long life and see good days. May we do the things that you have told us to do. May we have the courage and the strength to do the things that lead to blessings. Father God, remove everything that leads to curses from our lives. For your word says that Christ has already redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. We pray, oh God, that you would bless our lives. All the blessings that are already ours, may we be walking in them. May we walk in them. May we walk in all your blessings. May we walk in all your favor. May we be victorious. Your word says that we are more than conquerors. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise. Bless this week. Bless our week. Bless the coming weeks. May we see good days. May we be full of days. May we be full of riches. May we be full of honor. May you give us long life and good days. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. name. May the coming week bring about good tidings. Amen. May the coming week bring about good news, good news, something good. May Amen. something good come into some lives Amen. during the week in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So God bless you on social media. I want to say thank you for joining. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Amen. God bless you all.